And in this episode, we're doing a special deep dive into the trending fandom culture of barking at concerts. We also asked, where does barking come from and should we be encouraging this sort of culture? So for this conversation, I am pleased to welcome this awesome panel of K-pop experts in, in, in barking culture. <laughs> um, so first off, we've got Tamar Herman. Tamar, Welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm excited to talk about barking at K-pop concerts, one of my favorite topics last year. Less <laughs> than this year, but still pretty invested in talking about this. So thanks so much. Yes, yeah, we read your newsletter and we were like, Tamar has to be a part of this conversation. Um, okay, up next, we've got Jason. Welcome, Jason. Uh, hello, Peter. Hello, everyone. I'm very honored to be here. Um, I did read Tamar's article on that as well, on barking. And I'm really interested um, as a person that used to live in Korea for a long time to see the American take on barking. Okay, so, okay, I think we're teasing about what we're about to get into. And then up next, we've got Syed. And, and Syed, I understand you've been doing some original research on this topic. Yes, hi everyone, my name is Syed. I was on the K-pop cast episode with, when we discussed the Icon concert and we had a conversation about barking and cheering for idols. So I'm happy to be back on this one. And last but not least, Todd, welcome to today's discussion. Thanks, Peter. My name's Todd, longtime listener and gatekeeper of, of etiquette at concerts. And you can find <laughs> me on the K-Popcast <laughs> a lot. Hey, but before we get into today's topic, don't forget to join us on the Slack that Todd just referenced. We'll have a link to that space in the episode description. And now for today's discussion. Let's play forever. I just want to be a nerd. I just want to be a nerd. Let's play forever. I just want to be a nerd. I just want to be a nerd. Well, thank you all for this riveting topic, the one that's keeping me up at night. If I can say so, and I suspect one of you here is probably the culprit of this response, but in the Bay Area K-pop census survey, someone said, uh, what was, I forgot the response exactly, but there was an open-ended question at the end of that survey, which asked like, hey, was there anything else that you wish we asked? And then like the response was like, yeah, like, why do you bark at concerts? And like, what? what wrong happened in your life or, or something to that effect? Like, <laughs> like, are you mentally sound? Like, what, what are you okay? Well, like, I wouldn't you know? question, I wouldn't question anybody's mental, you know, fitness at all, but I definitely said what went wrong in your life that you have to like bark at K-pop oh, okay. idols. Yes. So, so yes, yeah, so that was me. That was me. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm so going to go up to it. Sorry. Oh, good. Sorry. Not well, sorry. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad because that was that that was the driving function for today's conversation. Like, where where the heck does this thing come from, and why do we think it's acceptable? Is it acceptable? Um, so, starting off this panel discussion, what are the origins of the bark of the woof, and maybe what went wrong in their lives? So, like, what what do you guys all know about where this came from? Okay, so I 
been doing a little bit of research on the subject. I know Tamara has as well. Uh, it really goes back to um, HBCU colleges, in particular Omega Psi Phi. Uh, they're also known as the Q-Dogs. Now, their traditional greeting and the way they bark at step shows was a way to signify solidarity, that they're part of the Q-Dogs. So, I mean, there's so many different famous people who are Q-Dogs from Jesse Jackson to Denzel Washington. So it's been going on for decades, for generations. Now, as generations move on, so does uh, pop culture. And the bark um, kind of transitioned to different areas of pop culture for most popularly with the Cleveland Browns, who had a a dog pound fan base who would bark uh, in the end zone. They wore dog masks and they barked. And also with 90s talk show host Arsenio Hall, who also had Where My Dogs At. And then he'd throw his arm, kind of woof around, and an entire crowd would, would explode with woofs. That's what exactly what it sounds like at a K-pop show, at certain K-pop shows that have enabled this behavior. Now, this um, trend has kept going later in the the aughts with rappers like DMX and with the uh, if you're familiar with wrestling, uh, that would be uh, Titus O'Neil, who also threw up the the cue when he um, successfully completed a a move or a finishing move. And he'd throw up the do, and he he didn't bark. He'd go hoo, 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 like that. I know. I'm sorry if I offended anybody. Did I you feel practice that? Out of my mouth. <laughs> so it's existed in in pop culture for a long time, and through HBCUs as well. So to me, that's where the history has come from. And if anybody wants to add to that, uh, please please do. Well, what what else have you guys researched or learned? Uh, how about how about I'm going to call you out tomorrow because I, I know obviously you've already done some research on this. Well, when did this start becoming a thing in, in K-pop? Yeah, so I first heard it for the first time when Twice were touring in 2022, and I saw, heard them. I saw them in Los Angeles, um, and I heard it for the first time there. And, and when I started first researching my story for Uproxx, people were pointing to that, and then. Um, tomorrow by Together concerts because they have their song Cat and Dog and people do bark. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that later. But a lot of people, a few people actually, it wasn't a lot, a few people pointed out to me that the first instance that they remember hearing was actually during Super M Showcase before the pandemic. And I went back and that whole video was actually aired in full and you can actually hear during a, a quiet moment someone definitely barks in the crowd. It's only like one or two people. Like it's not a lot of people, but you hear some barking. And that's like the moment that people think it started in K-pop. And it was like pre-pandemic, but people really didn't even start, you know, concerts stopped. So it wasn't really until post like pandemic concerts picked up again. So yeah, that's <laughs> it was kind of a surprise um, to see how long it kind of had been going on um, and how so many people... Like many fandoms have laid claim that like barking started at their concerts. So yeah, so in the Super M showcase in 2019, people, some people thought it was actually the members who were doing the barking because it always was happening when the lights were dim. Um, But it doesn't seem to be the case. But that is like a common rumor that it was like one of the Super M members barking. Um, I don't remember if people said it was Baekhyun or Lucas, but I think it was one of those two. And people like 
some fans are convinced to this day that it was on them. But most people seem to think, most other people seem to think it started in the crowd. But like to date, we, there hasn't been any other like known, I was going to say sightings. I guess it's not sightings, like hearings of barking at like K-pop concerts like pre-2019 that any of no. you guys have heard. Um, most people pointed to sports, but not K-pop. I don't know if this would be a official sighting, but EXO members have done a little bit of that at like concerts, like during between songs and stuff. So, and that's like during their 2016 tour and their... Um, that they would bark was, themselves? They barked themselves, yeah. Um, it was part of like a challenge or something that they were uh, doing to like engage with fans and stuff. So I remember because I went down a rabbit hole on Reddit trying to figure out when we were researching for this episode. So yeah, somebody mentioned that it was EXO who did it. But no, it wasn't like fans reciprocated or anything. It was just the members doing it. Huh. Hmm. So So there's no consensus on like where... Like which fandom really started it? I think se. my earliest memory was with Cat and Dog from TXT because I remember someone tweeting out saying, "Imagine going to a K-pop concert for the first time and all of a sudden you just hear like a whole bunch of people barking at the at the artist performing." It's a different bark though, and for a different purpose. yeah, it, I will it was, it's I will part s- of go the down franchise. on that ship. Wait, 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 clarify. So like what 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 are these barking dis- differences like in the fan chant and what we're hearing at conf- uh, concerts? Um, I think it's part of the song that like cat and dog, it says like, I just want to be your dog. And then the members like sort of go like woof, woof or something like that. And that part is like what fans would chant back as part of the fan chant. So it's, Typically different from, you know, fans like you know, hyping up artists and barking at them. But it, but is like the bark different? <laughs> it's a different bark. It's like yeah. a woof versus like a hoo hoo hoo. It's like yeah, yeah. Woof. It's a rhythmic. Uh, it's rhythmic. Yeah. yeah, it's part of the song. It's like meant to be there. Yeah, because it goes like I just want to be a dog, and like woof, 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 woof. I just want to be your cat, and then you know. Meow meow. <laughs> so um, it's they're like actually saying the words instead of actually barking. Yeah, it's part of the song. Wait, it's wait, definitely so what, part what, of the song. What, what, I, I'm sorry, refresh my memory. What what does a barking at a concert then sound like? It's everybody uh, like what Todd did. It's a cacophony. It's a cacophony yeah. of it's voices. It's like a hoo, like hoo, 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 hoo. But that, that still sounds similar to me. Between the what's the bark? By the way, I, I play TXT Cat and Dog all the time at uh, DJ gigs, and I have to play that last third chorus because everyone does it for the the barking. But it sounds like a similar bark to me. No, but but it's part of the intention. Okay, okay. so so Cat and Dog, it's it's part of the choreography of that song. Because, yeah, it's like, part of the song. It's yeah, 100% because part of the song. K-pop has had like really interesting fan chants before. Seventeen right. has the carrot rap that carrots do, um, saying the names of all thirteen members. BAP had the whistles, you know. So like, fan, cre- getting creative with the fan chant has always been a thing in K-pop. Mm-hmm. But 
like the barking. It is a different at, tone. Um, yeah. But the, <laughs> yeah. That, that's what I was I trying to really, understand. I was like, like sitting on that. I was like, we just have to clarify it as a different sound of, yeah. of a bark. It's like, it's obviously not it, but it's like saying bark versus arf or woof. Like it, they sound different. Some of y'all weren't born in the 90s or experienced the 90s and it shows. I mean, there are tons of examples of just people standing on stage and just getting woofed at and everybody just kind of like encouraging it. But at K-pop shows, it becomes this um, method of trying to get a reaction. Like, come see what see what we're doing. Can we? Can you do something cute in reaction to that? Even if you're uncomfortable, it'll look cute, you know? Like perform so that to for me, me, like yeah, exactly. It's it's very much similar to walking by a construction site and a bunch of dudes are just like hanging out there, catcalling, whistling, and trying to get a reaction from the person that's walking by. And this is like I feel it's it's a similar sort of intention where mm-hmm. it's not like cat and dog where it's part of the song. This is about trying to get a rise out of the idol on stage. Is that how the rest of you guys interpret it and and see it at concerts as well? I think so. so. I disagree. Oh, sorry, Sid, you go. Oh, um, I think, yeah, it, it is kind of in the sense that people usually do it when, like, you know, idols are between talking, between, um, like, one member says something and then there's a pause and the other member is going to start talking. So idols, like, fans do it in that moment. So I feel, and it's kind of like, you know, like when it's all silent and somebody would yell out something like super inappropriate or like funny or anything just to get the idol's attention. I think it's it has that same intention, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with the like the, the intention behind it sometimes, which is like to kind of get a rise out of the artist and to kind of be seen. And like, I don't appreciate when people like, shout out to the point of interruption um, of the concert when the idols especially are uncomfortable by it. Um, and there have been instances where it definitely feels like people are just barking at one member and kind of uh, like the, the you know, construction workers, like wolf whistling kind of way. It does feel like a replacement in some cases. But I've also seen like Moonbill of Mamamoo like ate it all up. Like she was like, let's keep going. So I do think there are some idols who do like like that engagement. Like one of the things that K-pop stars say when they come to the US, especially is like the crowd is very engaged and some idols like that and some don't. So I think I'm a little bit more okay with it as long as the celebrities like engage with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I am uncomfortable when it only is targeting one member. Like there's definitely some like, yeah, well, catcalling involved for some, some, I would say some, I would say maybe out of five times I've heard it, it's probably been like two that it's been very, very noticeable that it's only targeting one member. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting dynamic. Like I, yeah, I, when you say uh, more engaged, I think the other term I've heard before is aggressive. <laughs> like American fans are aggressive, <laughs> um, maybe in a different way. But um, what Mama Moo fans like, I, or Moomoo's like, it almost seems like it's kind of celebrated in that fandom for being goofy, right? Like, like tomorrow, do you think like maybe in that case for for Moonbeal, like? 
maybe it was art that was already part of the, that fandom culture in that instance. Oh yeah, for sure. Like their yeah. their VCRs were like them playing games and stuff, and they had like funny animation for one VCR. I had to go use a bathroom, and I missed one, and I was so sad. Who is sad when you miss one of those VCRs? But like <laughs> they were so fun. Like they put on like a variety show. So I do think that like that fandom is particularly funny, but like also like when I saw it at Twice's show in LA at the stadium, their first stadium show, mm-hmm. like. Diane was really into it and she was like, you know, hyping up the fans, like, give me more, give me more during her like talk. Um, So I really do think it probably depends on the individual because some of the members were clearly like, what is happening? Um, So I do think like in in a venue, like a a concert, like a huge stadium where they do need to take some time to talk because they've just been performing for so long at such a like high energy. And Mm -hmm. there's clearly like the time to talk. Um, but I've also seen times where it interrupts the flow of things and the artists are kind of annoyed. Oh, yeah. I think um, the last three concerts I've been to, it's been handled as it, almost as if they've been briefed before. And when I went to the Stacy show at the Warfield in San Francisco, there was a contingent of people that were woof, were woofing and I kind of turned around to them and I gave them the X symbol with their hands together. I'm like, wrong group, wrong group. No, no, no. Let's not let's not do this. And to their credit, they did not acknowledge that the the sound where it was coming from. They just kept it moving. Same with Omega X when they came through San Jose. Some people were woofing. They did not pay any attention. They kept it moving. End mix was the same way. And when I saw Tamar the uh, Mamamoo at Oakland, there was some people woofing. And like you said, Boombeal did kind of like re- return it with a little hand gesture, but that was it for the rest of the night. People tried to keep um, encouraging it. And in fact, one, and eventually they stopped, which was great, but the person behind me kind of returned it with a, with a meow sound. It was really funny because there was a wolf <laughs> sound and then this person yells out, meow. <laughs> it was awesome. I was like, oh, peace to resistance. Now, Jason, I think you've, in your capacity and your experience, do you think like a company would brief their artists and hey, this is happening in, in the United States. This is what you should do. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, when I talk to K-pop managers back in Seoul, a lot of them say, all right, well, when you go to the U S <laughs> be aware that fans in general are going to bark and wolf. And some idols are cool with it. Like you mentioned, um, Mama Moose Moonbyul or a solar, but others are just weirded out. Like why? <laughs> So they usually have to talk to them like, okay, this is how Americans express themselves. Um, it's not like a put down or whatnot. And it takes some time to get used to. So yeah, um, there's definitely prep preparation by PR order managers in embarking. And like, wait, wait, backing up a step. Have we heard barking in Korea at so all? I've heard it in 2022 when um, I was visiting family there. And it got shut down really quick because it was like foreigners there. And that was the first time I heard of barking. Wait, who, who shut it down? Who, just, just like the audience, like Korean, the Koreans were just like, what are you doing? Right? Because, <laughs> and I was sitting there like, okay, it's so weird. Uh, I only learned about barking, um, like P1 Harmony in, um, I think San Jose and N-Mix mm-hmm. and the Mamamoo concert and like Stacy and whatnot. And um, like others have mentioned, and it's a foreign concept to me, but if some groups and idols are cool with it, 
you know, I guess it's cool in, in limited quantities. Huh. Yeah, uh, I definitely heard it at P1 Harmony. Kiho was definitely encouraging all of that. <laughs> and he's one of those kind of idols who would do that. You know, they're cool with it and they do it. But I went to Everglow and the members were clearly not just struggling with, you know, figuring out English and Korean and the translator. And then fans started barking and hyping and members were clearly very uncomfortable. So, yeah. In in those cases where like members felt in, uncomfortable or like disrupted or I don't know being asked to like react or perform or, or something like uh, do you think that in those instances they just weren't pre briefed in advance or like I, I don't know I'm trying to understand like more of the examples of like where where was it like really disruptive and did fans even notice that they were being disruptive in those instances? Mm. So I think. If idols aren't pre-briefed, which happens a lot too, um, they usually power through it. But a lot of them, from what they tell me behind the scenes or off the record, are clearly uncomfortable or don't know what's going on. But because in Korea, you usually just cheer, right? Or you cheer a lot of times using the Korean person's name, actual name. So like, you know, Park Minho, whatever, right? So that's like acceptable. And a lot of K... Um, K-pop groups and whatnot are also well-versed in Japanese etiquette too um, when they go to Japan, which is a lot of times just being silent or like a mute, um, how do I say, um, clap, right? So they wait until the performance is done in many yeah. cases before like clapping or going crazy. Whereas America, it's like the wild, wild west, right? With clap, clapping, cheering, and I guess in this case, barking. Yeah, I recently went to a J-pop artist's concert and we later on interviewed him as well. And it was interesting because when he was performing some of his slower ballad style songs, um, fans were, you know, hyping him up. And with good intentions, it, well, it didn't feel like the crowd was, you know, trying to be disruptive or being rude. But it was the guy had to like literally say like, hey, guys, I'm, you know, like, listen, And he was like, you know, trying to like explain the song that he was going to perform. And so he had to like take a moment to, you know, control the crowd a little bit and then continue performing. And later on when we interviewed him, he said that it was kind of bizarre and surprising because in Japan, people are just silent while he's talking and performing and then they give him a round of applause and then they move on. But in America, it's like, you know, you hype them up throughout the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, was it Vicky Blanca? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I actually heard barking at his show in New York. Um, a friend of mine wanted to go, so I asked the PR rep to go. I, I didn't really know him um, or his music. Apparently, he's very popular if you are into anime soundtracks, um, and he's very good. And I did enjoy the show a lot, but um, I noticed during one song that fans were barking, and I was like, oh, is like, is it residual like this must be a k-pop fan here but it didn't look like there was so much overlap like it wasn't anyone who i was like that is a k-pop fan so it was an interesting um little like side along moment it only lasted for like a few brief maybe like yeah. half a song not even a lot but i was pretty surprised so barking is at like anime and j-pop fans these days in the u.s at least at this one. At this one, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that blows my mind. <laughs> um, one thing that when you were talking about, you know, in Korea and the way that people react, I always, the barking kind of reminds me, obviously it's not the same, but like 
baseball culture in Korea. Like there's a lot more engagement of the audience versus K-pop. Well, I agree with you tomorrow on that one. Yeah, yeah. Baseball games are wild. Say say more on that. Like what, what is the Korea baseball culture like? It's just, I guess like what Tamara said, it's more interactive. People are are like cheering all the time. People definitely are But is it like orderly or is it like free for all? It's all 100% coordinated and they, (laughs) each player has their own walk-up song. Yep. (laughs) You know, and there's like actual K-pop dance groups kind of cheering them on with these, with these coordinated moves. And it's really fun. It was like one of the funnest things I've ever done when I went to Seoul was go to a game. And I don't even like baseball. And I would, you know, 10 out of 10 would go again, 100%. Because it was like, everyone kind of knew what the routine was, right? And yeah. you, you would follow the sequence based off of what was happening. Yeah. Rather just, than just like <laughs> making guttural animal sounds. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when there's a home run, of course, everybody stands up and cheers. But, you know, the person walks up to bat and they're singing along to the song that mentions these washed up American baseball players and they have their own song. It's not like, you know, Guns N' Roses. It's like a song praising this person by name in Korean. It's 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 really, you know, really great. So, I, I mean, it sounds like there were a couple instances where like fans had to be told like specifically like, hey, guys, I'm trying to do a sentimental emotional ballad here can you stop barking please <laughs> like is there hope for fans to like realize that they're no. kind of no no it's we've completely gone over the edge i mean this whole generation now figures out figured out that if i if i do this thing it's worked before at other shows where i make dog noises someone's going to react whether in a positive or negative way and that's really cute to me because they're 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 uncomfortable but then there's no policing. There's no gatekeeping of this. I know I'm taking this really seriously. No, I love now that. it's now it's starting to like bleed into other, like like you're saying, J-pop. And I went to last night. I went to see Otoboke Beaver, and oh, they're so good. Yeah, they, they and are drinking good. girls and boys choir who are a, a Korean punk band. So really quick, uh, Otoboke Beaver is sort of like this hyper fast, chaotic, noisy girl group girl punk band, garage band from Osaka. And it's kind of like watching the boredoms, you know, and just at, and the Dillinger escape plan, just all in one. So they're all over the place. And sure enough, when they came on stage, there was like a handful of people that were barking. And I looked at them and said, no, 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 this can't be happening. I I feel like they'd be so into that though. Oh, no. Really? you don't think, think so? I feel like so... they're so into the crowd. Like, like the first time I saw them was in South by, and they're literally crowd surfing. Like any way mm-hmm. to engage the crowd, I would assume that they liked. But I do, I do, like I do agree with you that like concert etiquette. Like, what's the what's the limit and what's the threshold? It's definitely on their terms. You know, they are the ones that control the pace of the show, and they're the ones that do the men's, I guess. And, you know, we love you, Santa Cruz. We love you so much. Everybody put your hands up. And they're clapping, you know, over their head. And and the singer, I, I forgot her name, but she stands rock solid in the middle, almost like Ronnie James Dio, just, you know, a presence that she would not, like, turn to the Barkers and, like, encourage it. She would just, like, stare a laser beam through their eyes. She has that much charisma. 
but I, as far as I know, they weren't reacting very much to to uh, to um, the barking or anything else than a circle pit, which would Santa Cruz was definitely up for it last night. <laughs> okay, so I think it's obvious, but maybe just to call it out explicitly, like, are you okay? With barking at idols, like let's let's kind of go down the list here. So maybe like in the order that you kind of appear on screen. So Tamar, Syed, Jason, and Todd. Like, what's your answer? Are you okay with barking at idols? I'm okay with it to a point. Like, I think I might be the most liberal one here. Whereas, like, if if it's not disruptive to the flow of the concert and the idols don't seem uncomfortable with it, um, to a limit. Like I said, like when it gets into cat calling, I do think that could be really uncomfortable and like some of the relationship between fans and idols is this demand for performance from them. And I feel like it's elevating it in a kind of intense way that is unnecessary. But like, I think if it's in good fun and it's not disrupting anything, like, yeah, go for it. And like, you can have like your own specific, you know, K-pop barking cheer. Okay. Syed? Uh, I would have to agree with Tamar. I think... um, there is a time and place for everything. So please don't do that when members are trying to talk, members trying to get through their pre-rehearsed, you know, whatever conversations and skits that they have. Um, I would definitely say like, if you're told to not do it, like realize that you're disrupting and stop doing it. Um, something that comes to mind is the send me situation that happened. And after three times, the person still did not stop. That's just bad etiquette. Um, so yeah, I think if idols are comfortable with it, idols are encouraging it in whatever way, um, it's okay to do it, but not when it's being disruptive. So yeah. Well, every- I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, what was the send me? Oh, uh, um, so send me, sorry, go tomorrow. Was that the one I reported on, the New York one? I think so, yeah, yeah. It was during her last tour and it was some guy just like, you know, caught, like yelling at her and she like had to stop her meant and like say that, please, I'm trying to, you know, talk. <laughs> so I appreciate you being super enthusiastic and I hope you're having fun but please stop. And like, he would not. And she got frustrated, really, like a lot, you know, really frustrated with it. And it went viral on Twitter. And obviously fans had a lot to say about it, how she handled it or how the guy handled it. But yeah, like that kind of thing, I feel like it's just going too far and that's just not okay at all. Yeah, she was, um, he kept on interrupting her while she was like telling the story. I don't remember what part of the story of the night she was talking about, but I think it was about the album and then like he just kept on you know shouting like you're amazing I love you and the first time it was like the crowd like laughed and she was like haha cute but then he kept doing it like in the middle of her sentences and it felt very gendered Um, and finally she just was like I love you but shut up Um, and he did oh so he actually did shut up uh, after she like called him out on it I I yes he did but I wasn't sure that like friends weren't holding him back or like even security got involved but mm. like I think like he did stop like I I think it was probably on him like that's that's embarrassing to get yeah. called out by your fave that way shut up <laughs> I remember yeah. on Twitter people were saying like how it's like the first time you do it it's cute the second time you're doing it, it's like oh you're an enthusiastic fan 
the third time is like, okay, shut up now. <laughs> like, you know, the person has to like, he's talking, it's disrupting the other fans who are trying to listen. The translator is thrown off if like, you know, the person is in the art, idol is speaking in Korean. So yeah, the first few times is fine. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Jason, are you okay with barking at idols? You know, I came into this saying no, right? But before we had this podcast, but I do think I changed my mind a bit um, to what others have said now. And that as long as it's, I guess, controlled or if the idols are cool with it, I'm okay. But I, I think to make it even more like, how do I say, um, specific or nuanced, I guess some promoters can even say like, you know, barking's allowed at this concert or it's not. Or, you know, they feel uncomfortable just to give fans like a heads up before the concert. Hmm. But I think in general, if they're cool, like P1 Harmony, then go for it. But if you have like the Sunmi incident, then probably not. How, how would you, to your suggestion around yeah. like, um, like the promoters or, or someone saying ahead of the show, like barking is encouraged or barking is, yeah. is in bad taste. Like what? What's the best yeah, way can, for them can, to share that? You can have it, um, you know, on social media. You can put it on those, how do we say, like, um, not placards, like those posters, those blown up posters. And says, hey, guys, you know, the, the, we don't feel comfortable with barking, but cheering is fine or something, right? Like, you know, asterisks and have it. Hmm. Right? I know that sounds kind of very, I don't know if that, that sounds like um, applicable or like it can work in U.S. audiences because you just go with the flow and, and with, you know, the fandom culture. But if you are very like specific about it, like, okay, barking isn't really, you know, doesn't make these idols comfortable, then I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to know, you know what I mean? Like, because it's part of American K-pop culture that I've learned. So so I'm mostly, I'm kind of for it, kind of against it, like in that half-half now. Uh-huh. I, I still think it's weird. Don't get me wrong. I think it's really weird. <laughs> and I would not do it yeah. in Asia at all. I, I'd be like, no, dude, right? But because I, I also looked on Reddit and... I guess, Twitter or X. And um, it's really just interesting how American or international fans think of barking from, from a cultural standpoint than, um, than Asians or, or people that lived in, say, Korea. It's really interesting, the mindset. So they, they encourage it or like it. But, you know, if, if the idols are okay, then yeah, I guess, let's do it. Yeah, it is interesting. Like, you know, blowing your nose can be seen as offensive like in public yeah, in sure. different places when okay uh okay todd i think i know your answer are you okay with barking <laughs> at, at idols at concerts? i'm taking a i'm taking a deep breath and taking a xanax right now so i can get my thoughts straight <laughs> okay <laughs> okay old man rant um, yes you pay a lot of money to see a, a show and you know you, you you go through that entire maze you get screwed over by Ticketmaster or for or worse, you go and buy tickets on the, in the secondary market. So, oh my gosh, these are your, your ults. You, you've been waiting months for this show. You go there and you, it's the first thing you do when you see them and you come out, of, it comes out of your mouth. You're not cheering. What are you doing? You're, you're barking. Please stop. Stop it. So to answer your question, no, not Dave, not at all costs, please. So, this brings up a, a couple ideas here. Okay, so first of all, barking sounds like booze. If you're not, if you have zero context, which I'm sure 
maybe some kids in Korea or idols in Korea had cable TV and they maybe they watched reruns of Arsenio Hall or DMX concerts and they saw Where Are My Dogs At and everybody returned it or WWE, then maybe, but I, I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. So it sounds like booze to them. They don't know how to react. It's a cheap way of getting their attention. Um, do I think uh, should be policed? Maybe. Um, it's a very do unto others as others do unto you. Like, would you want to be barked at if you're on stage? Probably not. Um, I would say try to educate folks on this on this subject. I think uh, Otoboke Beaver last night had a an announcement before their show of things you should do and not do at their show. One was don't film it and put it on YouTube. That was a, that was a shock. And the other ones are just common sense stuff. Don't go up on stage and stage dive. Don't throw anything at the band. And the other one was, um, yeah, it, it was like those were like the th- main three or four items. And they made the announcement before the show. This is, I've never seen this done before. I know that, you know, as um, as was suggested earlier, that people aren't going to or groups or companies aren't going to print out huge posters to put in the lobby. It's like, it's okay to bark at the show or please no barking. But yeah, it, it has come to, through my mind on how to like best communicate that what you're doing is 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 uh, not cool. I was thinking about like getting a fat head, putting like a emoji, blowing up an emoji of a dog barking and putting a big circle and a red, you know, red arrow through it. Um, holding it up before the show, but then I'm just kind of way, way into my feelings for this, but yeah, I'm very well, not. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm so glad you're saying what you're saying, Todd. Um, I love hearing from all of y'all. Um, is it fair to say, please correct me all. Is it fair to say that like the main concern is just knowing when you're being disruptive <laughs> And, 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 you know, where, where the wolf is disruptive and where it's not. Um, and that, that's the real issue. Like, uh, it's interesting, Todd, in those examples we gave, like you don't expect a mosh pit at a K-pop concert, but maybe for bands where that may be, uh, culturally adjacent, they might need to call it out. Like, Hey, no, no, no mosh pits here. Like what, what do you guys think? Is it fair to say, that the issue is just being disruptive and disrespectful to your idols? Like, is that the real issue of woofing at concerts? Well, I think one one issue that I'd have with, like, trying to, like, get it back into the bottle is that K-pop fans don't act that way. Like, once something becomes a trend, you have to, like, wait for it to die out among fans. Like, if if companies or concert promoters try to get people to stop doing it, I think it'll just piss off fans. Um, and we know, you know, historically and also recently that K-pop fans don't necessarily act super rational when it comes to concerts. Like like um, Todd was saying that, you know, you spend a lot of money, there's a lot of anticipation, you're so excited. And like for a lot of people, I think that the barking is kind of a fun facet of it. And so if people try to get others to stop, I don't think it will necessarily go over well. Um but I do think, like, for me, the disruption is the biggest part of it. 
Yeah, I think I I agree with that because we've seen like I remember when we went to K and the Super M concert, lots of fans were you know on Twitter, mostly Asian fans were talking about how nobody's doing the fan chant um, at the concerts in the U.S. and in U.S. people sing along to the whole thing. They don't do fan chants, just you know singing out specific parts of it. And fans got really crossed about it, like. You know, I paid that much money. I paid, you know, I went through the whole, you know, craziness of buying a ticket. I should be allowed to do whatever I want at the concert in a certain, you know, parameters, obviously. Um, but yeah, fans don't really take that well. And if you tell people to not do certain things, um, people are just going to get really mad. We have that happen with photographers. We have that happen with fan chants. And so, yeah, I don't think it's going to fly with K-pop fans in the U.S. especially. Unless idols talk about it. And then even then people might think that like they're joking or they're being cute. Like, I, I think it, I don't, I don't know if it'll like last forever, but it might. (laughs) And I think like that's the reality, unfortunately unless people really put their foot down. Yeah, right on top of the other person's foot, they're standing next to you. (laughs) (laughs) Very accurate. No, but seriously, if if the person next to you is yelling the the idol's name over and over and over and they're completely getting ignored, it's like, give it up. It's like, yo, stop, stop, please. You're, You're bothering everybody else. So knock it off, you know. We have as much right to enjoy the show as everybody else. You know, we can stay in our little pods. And Peter, I know we might try to talk about etiquette. Yes, yeah, <laughs> in, that's in the next topic. Yeah, yeah. That if we if I didn't get already worked up about this, we're really going to get get nuts go nuts on this one. I feel so bad, Todd. I hope you have some tea or something <laughs> soothing. I have oh. so much fun at the shows. You know. And for the most part, you know, K-pop audiences, they're so, so knowledgeable and they're so like into it. You can talk to anybody that's walking through the the pavilion going, hey, like, who's your, you know, who's your bias? And it's just a wonderful community of people. It just sucks that when certain amounts of people feel so empowered to be boorish towards their, their faves. It's like, please don't try to put this on you're reflecting badly on our city. Stop it. Can I be devil's advocate and bring up the question of like, is maybe this a generational gap between some concert goers, like younger concert goers who maybe didn't get to go to a lot of concerts before the pandemic? Like have they maybe not seen or as familiar with the culture or so much of being a K-pop fan is like having that moment with your fave, like if you just paid a lot for of money for a concert ticket, yeah, you're going to try your hardest to get seen by your fave. So you're going to scream your head off, even if it's annoying for everybody else. And like, these are not things I approve of, but like, do you think there's like a cultural like divide here between not necessarily older and newer fans, but just like the people with different perspectives of what the concert is actually for? I think you're right. I mean, there's been a lot of situations where I'll post up at a show. Fortunately, most of them are reserved seating. So there's not that thing of, oh, you're way too tall. Why do I end up behind the tall person? But yeah, they, 
they haven't experienced a, a proper concert going, you know, what it's like and about how it kind of self manages or self regulates. Like if somebody's being a dick and like throwing elbows in the pit, they're going to get dealt with, obviously. And this, and I'm sure if a similar situation happened at a K-pop show, it would just be complete chaos. People wouldn't know what to do, you know? Um, so somebody falls down, you don't just look at them and start recording. You, you help them up. So that was sort of like for going for concerts, going to concerts for almost over 40 years, you know, you just tend to see things and, and things repeat itself. Like boorish behavior existed in the seventies when I was going to show definitely in the eighties, nineties. And it just kind of ramps up to now where, Everybody feels like they're in their living room and they can act however the way the way they want. So there's got to be some sort of like, you go to a show, have fun, you know, have fun, enjoy yourself, sing along, don't throw shit at 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 your idols. But people are going to act impulsively because they haven't been in that situation before, and now they're present, they're right there in front of their their faves. Jason, I haven't heard from you. Is there anything that you would add? No, I was just listening um, intently to to the other three. No, actually, I have to say that Todd is quite convincing in his. Uh, he's like, no, not Daybok. I might change my mind. <laughs> but, yeah, um, let, 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 let's let's give a. Oh, sorry, Jason, finish the thought. No, go, go ahead. I was just okay. Go for so it. before we move on to like what we would recommend instead of woofing, or like what are some things you you should try doing um, to engage in a healthy way um, at concerts? Let let let's like be more definitive about it. Like I know earlier we're kind of like, it depends, but like, are you Daybok or not on barking? Like, like if you had to be like thumbs up or thumbs down, like no in the middle, black or white <laughs> uh, reaction, like would you be Daybok or not on barking uh, tomorrow? Why don't you kick us off? So I believe in nuance, but if you make me pick. <laughs> I'm sorry. Believe in nuance, so I would be in the middle if I could. But if if not, I would say thumbs up because like it is a cultural facet that fans have picked up on. So I wouldn't want to like take that away from them, even if it's personally annoying to me or personally problematic to me. Like as long as it's not like actively harming someone. Okay, sad. Yeah, I would say debug on it. Um, even though I find it really cringy and embarrassing, it's part of the fan culture. It's part of the experience of going to a K-pop concert at this point. So, yeah. Oh boy. Okay. And Jason? I'm going to be a defector. I'm, I'm going to go with Todd, man. Um, I, I'm assuming Todd's <laughs> no, right? Or like shit like not Daybox, <laughs> He's right? He's going to turn around and be right. like, I, I'm, I'm a Daybox. Hey man, look, I know. If you gave me like a, hey, you got to be all in, which I think you are, Peter, right? Then yeah. I'm, I'm not, man. I'm not, I'm not down for most of that barking. So Good. Not Great. <laughs> yes. Okay. Todd? What a debate strategy. <laughs> uh, uh, absolutely, positively, hell no. Hell to the no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. If I had a pick. Oh, man. I don't know where to play. Joined a winning team, Peter. Come on. <laughs> I got converted. No, he's the tiebreaker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, shoot. Um... <laughs> 
You know what we should do? We should put it to our listeners. Let's start a poll with the listeners. So, like, what a cop out. <laughs> no, that's not fair. Wow, <laughs> this guy. Uh, I'm gonna say my 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 uh, vote doesn't count, and uh, and we should still hear what the listeners think. We'll get. I don't know. Maybe we'll get a poll going in the Slack. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll post that uh, as soon as this episode airs, and we can see what the what the listeners think. But if I had to pick, um, I think my heart tells me no. So I, I would go with no, not Daybuck. I'm sorry. I have a question. What if yeah. it was happening at at clubs, not concerts? Yeah, I would say definitely not at clubs as well. Like, I, they, like there is ways you can like engage with the music and the DJ or the performers. But like, if someone was like, I don't know, hooting like, well, like I imagine like a dance team performing. I don't know. It, it's not the same sort of like I don't know vibe or reaction I'd, I'd want to get. Like, if I'm DJing, like I don't know. I want people to be more in the vibe of the music or the song that's playing rather than. No, that's fair. But I have one yeah. more question for like the class at large. Yes. What is different? between the barking and the cheers. Like, I'm not necessarily, like, I do think there is a difference, but like, what, like, not at, at every concert you don't cheer, right? Like, this is like very me, but like, if you go to a classical concert, there are times when you clap and times when you're not supposed to clap in between um, certain movements and stuff and until the end of the performance. Um, but like, I've been to obviously concerts where like classical concerts where people don't know the etiquette. So like someone claps and like the whole theater like looks in that direction, like, oh, this noob, they don't know how to like theater etiquette. So I'm curious, like in one way, like when I first heard it, that's what I thought it was. Like, I thought it was just like, I, it was the first time I had heard it. I had been out of the States for a while. So I hadn't like seen the gradual build. And I was like, oh, this is just like this funny thing that people are cheering her on in a funny way. Um, so I'm kind of curious, like what's the difference between like any general cheering, like, like, don't you think that like fan chants used to piss off people also, like initially until they became like a thing? Um, like it's disrupting the flow of the music. Like it's going over, like not the verses, but like the harmonies and stuff. Of like not the harmonies, yeah, but like, like the melodies chants, and stuff. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But fan no, chants are in rhythm with the with the music, right? And it's like expressly calling out support of the performers. And you don't think the barking is. I think barking leaves room for misinterpretation that we discussed earlier for being either disrespectful or disruptive. Yep, that's fair. I think also like cheering, usually people, or cheering and barking, people usually do it like after a song has ended or when, you know, there's like a break, like for yeah. example, the fake encore that K-pop artists do. When they go <laughs> off the stage and it's like, ooh, are they going to come out or not? And fans start, you know, hyping them up. Um, and also fan chants, I feel like it's just become such a big part of the culture. Like idols will post fan chant guides for fans to follow, like right after the song drops. So it's like, you know, they are encouraging it. They know it's going to happen. And they are even pointing out which parts you should, you know, do the fan chant for. Because I remember there was a time when fans would make that up by themselves. Mm -hmm. And now the artist is doing it themselves, so. Right, right, but And I know it's, like, ingrained now, but, like, don't you think that way back when that some people were probably having this exact same conversation about fan chants? I think so, yeah. I mean, people still find it annoying. Can, can you imagine, like, a future where they're, like, woofing guys... <laughs> 
part Wish, of the song. When you can bark. I know I'm going to say this later when I listen to this, when I hear this back, but how in the how is a fan chant equal to barking? Because fan chants take take thought, they take rhythm, they take uh, it's. I mean, you you obviously need to know some know the who they are, who who the idols are. Whereas barking is just a guttural noise. It's like smooth brain. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I think first of all, fan chants in the like. I do wonder if a lot of the barking kind of happened because a lot of fans aren't good at doing the fan chants here. Like I oh, have yeah. never tried to learn a fan chant in the U.S. I know them when I go to Korea, um, and I mostly learn them when I listen to live concert albums, which don't exist anymore. But like. Maybe it's a replacement for the fan chants, and because there is some sort of coordinated thing, like you can hear it at concerts when it doesn't take off or when it does take off. Like there is a rhythm to it among the crowd. They are on YouTube; <laughs> they're everywhere. If you want to know the fan chant for your favorite group, it's there. It's in YouTube, and the actual groups are actually doing it for you with the words underneath it. I know it's there. You know it's there. Fans in the U.S. don't tend to always do it. It's pretty impressive. Like, people know when the fan chants are good in the U.S. So this is, like, an alternative. Definitely. I think online culture is very different from in-person fans going to concerts. Like, they... There are a lot of times where fans don't know the B-sides and the fans don't know, Mm. oh, it's a solo track instead of a group song. It's just, you know, like... If you say that online on Twitter or something, fans are going to be like, how, well, how do you not know this? But it's a very different dynamic when you're in person. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree with what Syed said earlier around, uh, like, you know, when breaks, I think that that's maybe more, like I, I'd be encouraging during the fake, you know, walk-off uh, uh, encore thing. Like, I think that's okay. Um and like, uh, you know, another pro for woofing, um, like, I, I don't know, I've been into K-pop how many years now and I still don't know the language or like the alphabet and I really should. Like, it's such a, like a low bar that I haven't done as a Western fan. And you can say I'm a bad fan for not having done that after being into this for so long. Um, so I, I think I get it, you know, like in, ter- in terms of like, well, I just kind of want to engage with this to the degree that it works with my lifestyle and not have to do, you know, necessarily all this homework in advance of doing a coordinated fan chant. Okay. Jason, any other final words before we move on? Um, yeah, I would just say that, yeah, you guys both bring, both sides bring um, great points into, you know, is fan barking accepted or not? I do think there's a lot of nuance with barking though, where I would say like, at the very best, it's like, okay, you have groups like P1 Harmony that accept it and go, okay, that's a form of endearment, I guess, and like support. But then you have a lot of takes in Asia where it's like, where you're basically equating them to like an animal, right? Or like uh, catcalling. Right? And I heard, I've heard this a lot. And you, you'll have a lot of idols confused. So it's like, okay. Whereas fan chant, um, not fan, yeah, fan chants are definitely acceptable um, because you have to, like what Todd said, you have to know a routine. You have to be on rhythm. You have to know an artist's name and what they like and whatnot. And then cheering is just universally accepted, right? So I think those two are good. But barking in the U.S., while I guess it's been accepted, it's not been accepted in K-pop circles 
outside the U.S. From what I've understood, at least. So I don't, it's kind of still shaky, right? Yeah. Okay. So last section here. Um, What would you suggest fans do instead? Um, Or what, what are some like do's and don'ts? Like what, like we were talking about, you know, Tamara raised a point earlier, you know, could there be this like generational shift between concert attendees? So for like, you know, maybe those youngins uh, going to concerts nowadays who haven't gone to concerts like we did, um, like what, what would you tell them? Like what, what are some Put your phones away. I don't care about, like, honestly, like we're having this very serious conversation about the nuances of barking. And like, I do think it's worth having these conversations, but I, I would really just wish people like would put their phone away for like, one song like oh my God, pick yes. one song you want to record and put it yes. away just enjoy Preach. the concert while you're at it like it's yeah it's my biggest pet peeve that when fans just record an entire song like if you want to watch a fan cam go on youtube there's Inkigayo music bank m countdown like just watch one of those things I hate when fans do that. Also, when fans, if you're going to record something, put it at your eye level where you are not disrupting the view of someone behind you. I'm a tall guy, but if someone puts their phone above their head, it's blocking my view. I cannot imagine what it's going to do for like people who are shorter than me who are already struggling to like, you know, standing on their tiptoes. So yeah, it's one of my biggest pet peeves when fans like record the entire song. I'm fine with people recording like a song that's really special to them or something, but it's when yeah. people like stand there the whole concert and like some sometimes people legit are live streaming and I'm just like, <laughs> okay, like, are you enjoying this? I mean, I guess that's what they're there for, right? Like it's their enjoyment, but I just think it's like very... Yeah, like I record, like, for example, for me, I always like re- like recording when, you know, I know like a certain part of a song like has a high note or like a bridge that I really like. Like I would record something like that, but... It's just, it's weird to me to record the entire thing, especially if it's like some, if it's a title track, it's something that has like a million performances on YouTube already. You just go watch on on your laptop. I'm going to be the total hypocrite here real quick. Please. I 100% (laughs) agree with everything you all said. And I've been behind people. And when I saw Stacy, there was a person that was streaming the entire show behind, you know, and right in front of me. And so I would lean in and just go, are you going to do this the entire time? And he didn't say anything. And so what I did was I leaned as close as I could and I would scream off key the lyrics as loud as I could <laughs> to ruin it for this person. I love that. Uh, That's really vindicative. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm like, curious. What did that person fool? do? Oh, he just, he didn't bother. <laughs> he didn't, he just kept, he just kept streaming away. But yeah. I maybe for a song I tried to not the, the entire performance, but you know we talk about please put your phone away, please put your phone away. But guess what? I'm gonna the next day, I'm gonna go on YouTube and s- type in Stacy San Francisco Warfield and see what comes up. And guess who I see? The dude in front of me's perspective recording the entire piece, and I'm watching it. I'm giving this person clicks hypocrisy at its highest level. I know. I don't... But in, no, I think none of us are saying people shouldn't film at all. It's just like, it's a little overkill. 
Yeah, don't do it for the whole show because that was really shocking to me is that Stacy comes out on this world tour or US tour headlining and what are they what are they met with a bunch of people in the first, you know, in the VIP area which is the general admission section all with their phones out, not moving a muscle because they don't want to mess up their, you know, their their view. And why weren't are you not like dancing and just wiling out and just freaking getting bucked the entire time? If this so is like that, your favorite, that's, that's the way you let it out. Instead of woofing, you should dance along. Is what you're saying? Yeah, you should sing along as, as opposed to like trying to keep your camera steady and in uh, recording. Yeah, yeah, recording the whole time. Did you guys see I mean, the clip that went viral the other day from Ives concert? Where there was two, two, two guys yeah. just dancing along, having the time of their lives. Meanwhile, the entire crowd behind them has their phones up and they're just standing still. And so I will, I did see that one, but I was, my first reaction to that was like, it looks like they're in Asia and someone said that they were in Singapore. I don't really know the concert yeah. etiquette there, but like if it was in Japan and those two people would be there, like people would literally kill them. Well, maybe not. They'd probably get kicked out. For dancing? So, they were pretty extravagantly dancing. Yeah, oh, such that it was like disruptive <laughs> to their fellow. I think it was normal it was like for the U.S. They created a space for themselves and they were dancing. It was like a hole in the crowd. <laughs> it was like a festival, but everybody else was very quiet and sedate. So I was curious about like the concert culture. Hmm. But people could also have more fun. Um, at, at that Mamamoo concert where Moonbill was really into thing into the barking, mm-hmm. me and one of my friends from college, actually, we went together. Um, we hadn't like hung, hung out in a while and we were both like into K-pop way back when because we're old hags and we were like, let's go see Mamamoo. So we went together. We were having the time of our life. We were just like dancing along and like the, it was so noticeable how so few people were dancing that one of the PR reps later was like, we saw you dancing. I was like, why are you <laughs> highlighting that? Like, But people like were just watching or like cheering along with their light sticks. Um, I did see someone had made a crocheted light stick for them so their little moo it was very cute um but that like has really stuck out to me like oh it was so notable that like i was dancing like oh that's weird now at these concerts which is sad that's sad yeah when when people are recording like why are they doing it are they doing it for like internet clout or something like what what do you guys think i think memories but also internet clout i think everyone wants to have that yn viral moment these days where, you know, fans are going to retweet it on Twitter and you're going to get a bunch of, whole bunch of views. Your fan cam is the, from the perfect angle or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, we saw that at KCON as well. Like, there were like a million different angles of Lino hip thrusting during one of the performances. So, yeah, it's, I think it's definitely for the clout. If you're doing it for the entire song or whatever. Yeah, but like... Realistically, who's going to remember like at once fan, <laughs> you know, 527, like, oh, yeah, that, that person's such an influencer. <laughs> like, no, but people literally like people have like famous split second fan camps that someone got that like nobody knows ever. And like those are what people definitely are into. Like you'll see a fan cam that like nobody has ever followed that account before, but then it'll get like two million yeah. views if it's particularly interesting. So I do think that is one facet, but also I've seen a lot of friends, like, after a show, they'll, like, just sit there maybe the day after or the night after, like, re- reliving it all, like, thinking, like, it through 
and part of it is, I think, like it's memory forming. Like it reminds you of where you are. So like, that's why I take videos at concerts. It's like, so that when I go back, I will look at it. I mm-hmm. do not do it immediately after the show. And I honestly very rarely even do it years later. But when I do, I'm like, oh, like I've had the same. Well, I lost it. But like my current Google Cloud calendar like goes back to as early as 2013. And like I have so many concerts on there. And that's so special to me when I look at them and remember where I was and what was going on. But like I, I do think like for most people, it's like either the memory or getting that like. I love that you phrase it as a YN moment. What what does YN stand for? Your name. Your name. It's like a fanfic thing. Oh, have none of you read? Ask. <laughs> it's like when your name is the protagonist who falls in love with your fave. Um, yeah. There is a very surreal literary fiction book that just came out about K-pop called YN um, by Esther Yi. I, I don't know what that book is about, but I reviewed it. Um, so if you want to sort of know what YN is, that book is not the normal explanation of it, but it was an engaging, bizarre K-pop literary, it, like, like, literary it book. It manifests itself when K-pop concerts as like if someone has like a really cool sign or something and the idol notices it and they, you know, point at it and have a little chuckle out of it. It's And someone records it's like a YN moment of like that, idol specifically you know responding to something you did in a crowd of thousands of people so yeah I've I've had moments where like um if I'll be in like press seats and there'll be like near the VIP section like and I'll be filming um and like after the show like people will ask like did anyone get that moment when x y and z like waved at me or something like can you airdrop it to me like people keep really keep those moments special yeah I, I yeah I, I I see two sides of it like it, it is definitely I, I get that it's special and something that you want to remember but at the same time I'm also looking at this from like oh my gosh so much of this industry is about capitalizing like monetizing like proximity and like parasocial relationships like you're gonna pay that much more to be that much closer to be that much more likely seen by your idol Peter <laughs> I, Peter welcome you have I know podcast. I know, I know right. <laughs> Peter's new here. <laughs> he doesn't run this podcast or anything. I, I don't know. I just think it's so weird. Like, uh, okay, sorry to go off, tan- off topic on a little bit of a tangent here, but like there's this new trend of like, oh, what does it say about me based off of like who my biases are? And I'm like, wow, that you're an incel? Like, like I, I don't know. Like I that you've got, uh, anyway, it, that you're weird and creepy. I like, I, I don't know. Like it, it just, I don't get into K-pop for like this relationship with an idol. I get into it because it's like I, you know, it's like watching a Broadway show, you know, where it's just like really mm-hmm. high production, fun story um, and music and concept. But like, I, you know, I don't actually need to meet the idols to, you know, get my pleasure out of it. I would say that that is a, at the very least... Like, I would say that's probably, this is like going to sound weird to anyone listening who didn't live through this, but like, uh, like second and third gen American K-pop fan experience, because you really had none of that. 
opportunity. Yeah. So your experience was solely like, yeah, okay, like maybe these people are gorgeous and like, yeah, they're hot, but like you, you're never going to have that relationship with them. You're never going to see them in person. You're never going to talk to them. But now so much of it is about talking to them or being able to buy a fan, like spend hundreds of dollars to have a, a one to oh two minute God. fan call, like getting front row, like people spend a fortune on that. Like the experience, like I just saw like a TikTok today. Um, I don't remember the start of it. It was like something about this person. Like, I don't remember like, they. I don't remember what the first half of it was. They were gay and something like wasn't happening. I think maybe they didn't get asked out to prom or something. And then like at a concert, Jay looked at them. And I was just like, that's what people are here for. Like they want that moment. They want to be seen. And that's what K-pop is selling nowadays. And like, I think for a lot of us who like were here a little bit too early for that to be a possibility for American fans, like during our like intro, like it's different. But I I do think people definitely have gotten into it way more lately, and and like the industry feeds the industry into it. I'm really sorry. I, yeah, so much. It, it's funny because it's like it's very hard to scale that. Like you know the the attention and the, like the the idols witnessing. <laughs> You know, seeing, validating, acknowledging their fans directly. But surely, I mean, we're all seeing it. Like every millimeter and like every second of that attention and space is is being like monetized. And you pay that much exponentially more for like, you know, two millimeters versus one, but, you know, closer to to being when they're idle. It's just so... I don't know. Like I it was like I really dig Sunmi. I went to her tour and then like I, I didn't realize it, but like after like the promoter was like, Oh, don't you wanna go up and take a photo with her? I'm like, No, that's okay. Like, you know, I I love Sunmi, but like I what am I gonna you say to not, her? Like, you know, I, you I don't yeah. Could I don't, have gotten your photo with her. <laughs> Absolutely. She's very really pretty in real life. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um I do think like there's probably like just different like culture, like celebrity culture that different people experienced or like, I wouldn't say grow up with because I, I think like the way we talk about age and fandom is different. It's more like new fan versus old fan rather than new, per, like younger versus older person because people can engage with these things at different stages of life. Um, but I do think that like there is like a, a younger facet to it, like the internet now, like all celebrities like, you know, Pedro Pascal at the SAG Awards was like drunk off his ass. And when he's accepting a speech and everyone was just like, oh, my God, like what a hottie. Um, and like just like we are now all primed to like celebrity culture has become like so much somehow more even than it used to be. I'm not making sense anymore. But like Olivia Rodrigo just announced like. I shouldn't say this without double checking this because I friend sent it to me one second. Um, people said that Olivia Rodrigo was announcing photo cards and a light stick for her concert. Um, and it was just like, oh, like they figured it out. Oh yeah, Olivia Rodrigo um, postcard. I set. think I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do they have... I'm looking at her website right now and I'm like looking to see if that light stick was actually real. Um, there's keychains that look like photo card sized. Like, like she's selling photo cards. Um, and I doubt she's selling, you know, hundreds of albums for one minute call with her, but like, why shouldn't that be the next step? Like we have, uh, what's that site that people can use to pay celebrities to like give them calls? 
I, I know what you're talking about. I forget what it's called. <laughs> it's cameo. I, mean, I know cameo, like cameo. It's cameo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know like a lot of Western celebrities already have like those phone numbers that you can text them at. It's like almost like the bubble service for Western artists. Um, I remember Dua Lipa had, oh, text me about my new album and I'll chat with you. I don't, you know, obviously it's like probably bought it or whatever. It's a large language model designed to sound like... like, Yeah, no, I NCT did one or Super M and I was like, oh, this is a bot, like... This is bot, bot, bot. It was essentially sign up for uh, album updates. Yeah. Hmm. But it wasn't actually interactive in her likeness. It was just like a... Um, it was like, you could send one or two things, but it like wasn't... I mean, the, it was the a... whole concept of Bubble or any of those like messaging platforms is also based on the fact that people are subscribing to a service where the idols are just sending them messages and that Mm -hmm. message is not personalized to that person it goes to everyone but it's just this idea of like oh it looks like a text message and the idols are you know texting them and that and the name (laughs) the name gets in there so it feels personalized yeah and people really eat it up yeah and i mean i just find that really bizarre (laughs) like you people will actually spend money on that but yeah, people do that and it's really popular. Okay. I, I think we should probably start to wrap this up. I mean, I, I'm really enjoying the conversation. It's it's different than where we started, but just in the interest of time, uh, we should... Oh, any other uh, concert etiquettes, do's and don'ts that we didn't say already? I want to hear Jason's. I, I've just been listening to you guys for the past 10 minutes. It's been very interesting. Do's and don'ts? Um I think you guys hit all the big ones. Um, I, I hate really tall people using the cameras. <laughs> Sorry. She's Don't just not good if you're tall. Like, like if you're over like five Phil, eleven, you're not allowed. <laughs> my, my my five foot seven self uh, is it's tough, man. Those those six footers are, are op, man. Um, Sorry. Yeah, like head in the clouds. Uh, camp went to a lot of these festivals. Man, t- tough times for me. And then they get their camera out. And like you guys said, they film the entire concert <laughs> or most of it. And uh, yeah, I didn't get to see much of it. Good times. Mm. No, it's all good. It's all good. I mean, I get to hear the music, but I was like, man, how's this guy so tall? Right? <laughs> and then my, guess, my tip as someone who's not oh, so what's tall your tip? is just, what's your tip? Oh, go, go to the back. Like you'll oh, still be able to see just fine. Move, like get on. out of the crowd. You'll have okay. a better view. All right, I'm going to yeah. have to implement that. I was in the mosh pit at these festivals. Uh, and uh, yeah, e- even the girls were tall too. They were like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, and they were like posting on was cloud. a, a joke. Yeah, it's... Yeah, oh, did you go to camp too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should have met up. should have met up. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. But, it, oh, but if you're not at the front, don't you miss out on the um, stuff like BB throwing condoms? Into the uh, audience <laughs> and stuff. That. Yeah. that is true. That's true. Usually people throw panties, but she was like, nah, here. Wait, which, which, which way are we? Which way is the throwing occurring? Like from audience to idol or idol to. <laughs> I think. Well, panty throwing has always been like a part of concerts from audience to celebrities. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't happen that much here, but if you ever go to a concert in Mexico, it's not uncommon. Mm hmm. 
Interesting. Or like a positive like birth control or not birth control, uh, pregnancy test. A pregnancy test? Yeah. Oy. Like didn't that happen at a Jay Park concert? Like someone threw a pregnancy test and it was like positive or something. <laughs> like, like, you know, implying that he, he made everyone in the audience pregnant or something. Maybe I'm getting this mixed up with something else. Um, okay. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> really going off topic. Uh, anything else or can we wrap? Don't that drop was, your pants. That was, oh, that yeah. Was good ending there, Peter. Okay. I have nothing to say. We don't know if it was entirely true, but I yeah, saw don't. your newsletter and I was like, hmm. It could have happened. It probably did happen. I mean, I, I feel like it, it was didn't. blown out, out of proportion on Twitter, obviously. People just started going off on random tangents. Yeah, the fan reaction was just incredible to look at. It was like I was laughing the entire day. Because it's just so scandalous, you know? It's just like, oh my God. There was like a fight and there's other stuff too. There was a fight and then like someone coughed on stage, like a celebrity, like an idol. And people were like, oh my God, you can smell it at the stage. And it was just, it was wild. It was a wild day for K-pop news. What, and just so listeners know what we're referring to, it, it, this was the, um, what was it? The, uh, Hanteo? Yeah, Hanteo. Musical words, yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, let our listeners know uh, what you're selling and uh, where they can find you online. So tomorrow, first up, I think you have a newsletter to plug. <laughs> yes, thank you for reminding me that I asked you to remind me to do that. Um, you can read my notes on K-pop newsletter at Ghost. Um, you can just Google notes on K-pop. Uh, type in Ghost because I used to be at Substack, but I left that platform recently. Um, and you can also find me at Tamar Writes on most social media platforms, but I'm no longer on Twitter X um, or no longer active there. And you're my not website is TamarHerman.com. I was about to say you're not active on Nazi uh, alt-right platforms. Why, why not? Well, it was, it, was the day, it was the day that Elon Musk was like, Jews are ruining my ad money that I was like, I'm gone. Yeah. Like, that's right. a little, that's on the nose. Um, but I'm on threads now. I also have a day job that might be related to threads, but not on threads. So that is one part why I'm on threads, but I am enjoying it. It's interesting to see like what journalists have gotten back to it. Not any of the fun entertainment ones yet, but I'm hoping. Except me, of course. I'm so fun. <laughs> and Jason. Yeah. So, uh, man, it's, it's hard to follow up after tomorrow, but, uh, yeah, so if you guys want to learn about the business side of K-pop, like K-pop for intellectuals, I am on YouTube uh, at PopSody. And there you go. I feel like you need to be like K-pop as an intellectual. <laughs> K-pop as an intellectual. Like, there we go. Like that, that is your thing. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Syed. I am the editor of Genius Korea, so you can follow us on all social media platforms. We have a TikTok recently, we launched it. Um, And since this topic was started kind of because of TXT, I want to plug in our upcoming TXT anniversary station head session that's happening on the anniversary. Uh, So yeah, 
check us out. And last but not least, Todd. Yeah, catch me in the uh, K-Popcast Slack. That's the best place to get me. And the, uh, if you disagree with anything I said here, my name is Peter Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'll, I'll tell you kids to get off my lawn. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I find being the crunchy guy who's like, come on, stop it. I don't think curmudgeon. I think Todd has some very valid points. No, I sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to imply that Todd was was being curmudgeonly, but well, like I'm hundred percent curmudgeonly. I, I I'll stick to it too. <laughs> um, but I think it fits that Peter did not, you know, make a decision on if he's debug or not. I think it's I um, actually thought at the end. Did, oh, okay, remember? yeah, yeah. Although I I definitely like like tomorrow's saying I see other sides to it, but like if I had to pick one, I think my heart says not. Okay. Uh, that's it. And don't forget to follow us or, or join us in the Slack. Um, we've got a link to that in the description of this episode as well as a link to tomorrow's newsletter. So check out those places. And right. and, and Jason's website. Oh, and Jason's website. Oh my God, Jason. Or YouTube. It's all good. It's all good. But yeah, shoot me the links that you want us to drop in. Sure. Drop it in. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye, y'all. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. Yeah.